This is a test of the Boundary Park Alert System. It's Sunday morning, the morning after the night before, or the afternoon before. I'm joined by Will Goff, 25% of Push the Boundary. Morning, Will. Morning, morning. And my brother. How are you doing, Simon? Morning. Very good, thank you. Yeah. Good. Just getting rid of the kids. I can hear them there in the background. Yeah. So, this morning, let's have a chat about what happened yesterday against Southend. Si, what are your thoughts? Poor, very poor. Summed it up for me, that game, where at home against, what, second bottom of the league, with 10, 15 minutes to go, we're bringing on Ntambwe for Bahambula. We are holding on for a nil-nil draw against second bottom of the league at home. To me, that's pretty pathetic, really, and a sign of a lack of ambition from Harry Kuehl, lack of tactical nous, just the lack of skill on his part. Hopeless, pathetic. If you had to ask someone, who, a neutral, who didn't know who was second bottom out of those two teams yesterday, you would have gone for oh. Latics, wouldn't you? You wouldn't have, you wouldn't have said Southend. Southend looked so much more composed on the ball at the back. They were knocking it across the back. They were playing it out of trouble. They were getting it down the line. They didn't have just like as cool as their phases of play. They were coming down the middle. They were going down the line. They were putting balls in the box. They were playing through ball. They battered us. It wasn't a good game. It wasn't a skillful game. Everyone give it away all the time. It was two poor teams. But on the whole, they battered us. And yep. to come out and say our defence looked solid against a team that hit the woodwork twice, the keeper made two or three great saves. They missed, I can remember, two sitters. One should have lobbed Lawler from the box and one he left-footed volleyed, spooned it wide from nine yards out. Pathetic. Hang on, a minute. Hang on a minute, Si. It's, we've got it in writing from Harry Kuehl. Lattice controlled the game yesterday. Yeah, with one shot on target. And the one that was on the 88th minute, was it? Something like that. And then Piagiani had one over right there. If Piagiani had scored, it would have just been an absolute travesty on that game. And Southend would have been gutted and Kuehl would have been ecstatic that it papered over the cracks and then he could have said we controlled the game. But any neutral, any Oldham fan watching that game, who watched the whole 90 minutes of that game, and listen to what Kewell said. If anyone agrees with him, I'm sorry, but there is something severely wrong with your footballing knowledge because that <laughs> was a disgrace. Yeah, he changes his tune every 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 time, every match, every pre-match to suit the situation. He's, he doesn't ever come out with consistent messages. But you know, on the match yesterday, there's <clears throat> there's three teams in our division that have double-digit negative goal difference. That's Colchester, Southend, and Grimsby. Colchester are on minus 12, Southend are on minus 26, and Grimsby are, are on minus 28. Now, we've got nil-nils against the bottom two that are on those kind of negative goal differences, so we've failed to score against those two teams. Yeah. And those are our only two clean sheets this season as well. Yeah. So what does that say about the, about the manager's mindset going into those games then? Yeah, didn't it? Do you know what I mean? That it, yeah, because it, we're supposed to be this 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 free scoring team. But at the minute, point proven yesterday, and I think it was against Barrow as well. Um, at home, at this moment in time, I think we've got some of the better attacking players that we've had for quite a while. I think it's fair to say, defensively a bit shaky, but then that's what you get when you change your defence every week. But Barrow at home, he put. Bambula into the middle of the park where he's least effective compared to on the wing. Yesterday, he played Grant up front on his own. And then he comes out and says after the game that it was in the final third that we didn't have much creativity. Well, I'm sorry, but having played football and you see one up front, you're going to struggle to have much creativity if you're not getting men forward. And Grant's just battling on his own against four defenders. He, he should be concentrating on going forward, holding midfielders all the time, two in midfield, playing diamonds here and diamonds there. The best we've looked this season was against Newport at home, I think. And he played 4-3-3 and he had Adams pushing on with Bambula down the line. We got two goals coming from crosses from Bambula and Adams. And they looked a threat. They were using the playing to the strengths. They were going forward. We didn't have to worry too much defensively. 
But then he changes it the next game and sets up defensively when he knows we can't do it and puts one up front. It's pointless, pointless tactics. Will, before we had uh, technical problems, before you made the point that we're a team full of wingers, but yep. we don't play with wingers, do we? <laughs> it, it, it's bizarre, isn't it? Why, why have we got all these wingers? Why does Harry Kuehl seem to want to play? Now, we'll come on to Harry Kuehl a bit more specifically about his role and whether he should or shouldn't be given a contract next extension for next season and stuff. But he does seem to like to sort of like look at a player and, and, and say, right, so you've come here as, as, as this, but I think you'd be better off playing here instead. Yep. And why do you think he does that? And, and, and well, why any ideas? I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if it's a case of he's signed these players or he's had these players signed for him. I mean, he says he has the, the, final say on it all but when you look at the recruitment you know we brought Adams in who's you know he knows how to get out of divisions he knows how to get assists he's a winger and we're playing him at right back we've got Hilsner we signed him yeah in fact what do we have we had Hilsner Adams um, Tazdemir um, signed in January on the face of it before they signed they were pretty much all wingers I think the first time we've played one as a winger was yesterday with um, Tazdemir was actually played on the left wing and in the first half, he actually looked a little bit more involved and and a bit more competent and a bit more a bit happier, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Uh, he was getting stuck in and he was trying and he had a few decent touches and he was involved in the play, which was like not a surprise because he'd been no. played in the position that he likes to play. I mean, he still wasn't still wasn't great, but it was definitely no. like his his best game for us. Definitely, but why? But look, I mean, we've got all these loan players. Loan players are supposed to come in and they're supposed to be. A cut above, aren't they? I mean, you're supposed to loan players from teams above you. I think that's the way it's supposed to work. Get get giving players from from a higher division who 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 can't break into their their own first team because it's too good at the minute, and they come down. Now we've 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 signed players from Wrexham on loan, which I don't quite get. You know, loaning from a long non-league, and the, the lads that have come in just aren't of a good enough quality to to justify. You know, Harry Vaughan came on against Bolton. People seem to value his contribution. He had a lot of energy. Why not put some of these younger lads into the team? Why have we got seven loans that we don't need? And when uh, and young lads sat on the bench when we're, when we're struggling. To me, it doesn't make any sense. The policy from Abdallah is supposed to be concentrating on youth and bringing young players through and having less reliance on loans. Like you were saying, Sai, about consistency. There's a lack of consistency through the whole club, isn't there? The, we're not getting one consistent message. Carl um, Levens came on and said that he, he thought we had a top 10 squad. Harry Kuehl's now coming out and saying that we were second favourites for relegation. Yes. So um, what we shouldn't be expecting. He's, he's trying to justify his position there, and he? he's trying to get himself a job for next year because he's never going to say we're a top 10 team because he's got us nowhere near the top 10 team when actually... What, four or five weeks ago, possibly six, seven? I don't know. We were up to 13, 12, and people were talking about the playoffs. And we looked all right, and we win a game. And then instead of keeping with that same 11 and playing the same formation, it changes it. We lose a couple of games, and we're back down where we were. So, yeah, it's consistency, inconsistency running through the club. The only consistent thing at that club is inconsistency throughout. And you're right. Why bring in certain lone players? Give the young lads a try. But the problem is we've gone through too many players. I just said earlier um, that I think we've gone through 10 defenders this season. Do you know what I mean? How do you expect to get a settled team and a good quality defence when you're playing that many players on and off? He dropped Clark the other week for Forest Green Rovers away, who'd been one of our most consistent centre-halves because of the loan policy. As far as I'm concerned, you don't drop one of your solid centre-halves for a game away like that. And then all over and beyond, we let him four goals. I don't know how he can justify his tinkering because it's not working. If he was tinkering and we were getting results and he was changing it and he was changing formations, fine. But he isn't. He keeps changing formations. The players don't seem to know whether they're coming or going. They play well one week, they drop the next week. They play in a 4-3-3 one week. They play in a 4-1-2-1-2-1, whatever. Do you know what I mean? I spoke with Paul Murray the other day for last week's podcast and he was, we were talking about coaching and we were talking about, you know, what he's done with the academy and his his philosophy, his style is, look, just figure out what a player is good at, what they do, mm. and get them doing it well. 
and let everybody in that team know what their job is. He said when he was, uh, I think it was Mick Wadsworth he, he, he was referring to when he played under, under Mick, he said, look, this is what I want you to do, do this. And he said that for him, that was, that was all he wanted. And just that simplicity, get everybody in the team knowing how they're supposed to play, get the team knowing how they're supposed to play and perfect it <laughs> as near as, as you can. What we've got with Kewell is the opposite of that, isn't it? I think he's trying to, like you said, tinker and do this and do that. And it's just not working. And at what point is he going to figure out that it's not working and he's going to do something different? Do you think he is? Or is he just going to keep doing it? No, sorry to but I just think I saw an interview with him the other day and the interviewer asked him about, is it time to go back to basics, basically? And his response was, well, everybody's basics are different, which is basically him, for me, saying that, you know, his basics are complicated and that's what he's going to do. I looked at Bolton's last eight or nine games, their formation, exactly the same formation, pretty much the same starting 11, same back four, solid. They've got a pattern. They know the formation. They know the game plan. They know what they're going to do when they go out there and do it. And it's proved that it works. And we're still tinkering and tinkering. And they've gone from having a bad start like we did as well, haven't they? It, what he's done is he's worked out there, Everett has worked out, what, what he needs to do to make that team works. play and make it yeah. work. And Kuhl just hasn't done that. And 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 look, on this podcast many times this season, we've we've said so much that we need consistency and we want to go into next season with the with, with some consistency. But I'm really not sure whether or not it's worth keeping Harry Kuhl. I, th- I think there's a lot of question marks, far too many question marks. Will, I'll ask you the question that I asked Danny and Steve when they were on. Um, and it's, it's basically that. Would you keep Kuhl next season? If, if you'd have asked me that a couple of weeks ago, I'd probably have had the same answer as, as the lads. Yeah, I'm still undecided because I'm sick of sick of the chopping and changes yeah. every single season. Um, but I am not convinced by Kuhl. Probably even a week ago, I probably would have said, you know, I'm not convinced by him, but there's something there. But after yesterday, having no clue against bottom two team, I just don't think he's going to do it. Do you know what I think is very, very frustrating? And, and it based going back to what Simon said there a minute ago, you don't get the truth from him. He never says what he's thinking. He, he calculates every answer and he says something to avoid putting his foot in it or he, he's playing politics this whole time with it. And what? who are the managers that we've loved the best over the years? People like Shez. If she, imagine what Shez would have said about that performance yesterday. He would have not minced his words one bit. He would have said, I am embarrassed to have that team represent me. And he would have pointed out performances and he would have said exactly what he thought. And we would have all bought into that. We would have said, yeah, all right, Shez, that's your team. They were shit. But you've taken ownership of that and you've seen what's wrong with it and you're going to work on it. Kuhl doesn't do that. And if, he's, if he feeds us the, the kind of bullshit he feeds us, what kind of bullshit is he feeding the players? Well, he did it against Barrow, didn't he? He came out and said there were no fight, there were no bite, there were no this. When I saw that game, I didn't see him with a lack of like trying and a lack of effort. They just weren't set up right to play against Barrow, the bottom of the league. And he came out and blamed the players. If I was a player, it'd be like, get bent. Do you know what I mean? They ran around, they tried doing what they're doing, they were set up wrong. I think he might have had, like I said, Bambula in the middle. They only looked dangerous in the last 10 minutes when Bambula went out to the right and started causing a few problems. Well, why is he not starting like that against bottom of the league? Do you know what I mean? We've got attacking players that can beat these. Go out and beat them. But he's setting them up to not win. He's setting them up all wrong consistently week after week after week. Yes, I agree. I don't think there's a, 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 a problem no, with, with their professionalism and their and their work rate and their effort. I think the lads go out and give it their best every week. But You know, we've got a lucky win against Salford. I would, I think, two goals wind assisted, but most of the time a win's a win. Right, bounce on from that, and you don't. They, they, and then you get a lucky point at Tranmere, as far as I'm concerned. Bounce on from that, and they don't. And well, they, it's five points. It's five points from eighteen now, isn't it? Since that Salford game. Yeah, pretty, yeah. And, you know, and that and that includes playing Barrow and Southend in that. You know, two of the bottom teams. I think, I think if it was me, in my opinion, I think it's time to go for him. Really, I think. And I know what Will was saying about every year changing a manager. I don't want that either. But the problem is we always change a manager because we're always in a relegation battle. We seem to change the manager at the end of the season, right at the end of the season. And then they're left with six players at the end of the season and they start from there. Well, maybe now as a small change, maybe now's the time to say, Do you know what? 
It's time for Cool to go. This is a test of the Boundary Park Alert System Public Emergency Broadcasting System. Um, right, big news. Latix, thankfully, decided to wait until they recorded the podcast today. Spent hours editing it down, getting it all ready, and then go and announce that they've sacked Harry Kuehl. So, uh, you know, we can't let that go before the uh, podcast comes out on a Monday morning. So I've, conven- I've convened an emergency cabinet consisting of Will. This is the second time today I've spoke to you, Will. Welcome back. And Adam. Welcome, Adam, from Push the Boundary. Hello. Push the Boundary, uh, obviously, you're, uh, you've been working feverishly since the news was announced to, to prepare a a statement to the to the public as you always do when when there's some news that's uh, big news like this the podcast that we recorded this morning will was very much obviously off the back of the result against uh, south end and Kewell's position yeah and more it was all very relevant that's what we were talking about and obviously that's going to be part of this podcast and the, the big conversation was should he stay or should he go and now we've got a <laughs> now we've got an answer <laughs> He's gone. What do you think? Where, 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 do, where do you start? Oh, um, I'll leave that to you. For, for me personally, I don't think under his reign, it's been um, good enough, the results that we've got. Obviously, it has been attacking football and you know people have enjoyed seeing the goals going in. However, just as many are going in the net at the wrong end. So in the, those sort of circumstances, I'm not, saddened by Kuehl going but at the same time it's that same old of nothing's going to change unless things above Kuehl are sorted and corrected the sporting director has stayed throughout all these signings and doesn't seem to be responsible for anything where where does his punishment come into it in relation to whether he keeps his job or not it's just you know nothing's going to change until things are corrected upstairs yeah, totally. Uh, just like to welcome Steve Shipman, who has just joined the emergency broadcast uh, committee. <laughs> Evening. Hi, Steve. Um, yeah, you've not missed much, Steve. Adam was just just giving us his his first initial thoughts on on what's happened, and uh, obviously the Harry's gone. There are some people on social media saying that he should have been given time and that he was doing a good job and all the rest of it. I wasn't impressed um, by by Kewell, but. At the end of the day, like what you were just saying there, we've been desperate for consistency. It was only after the Tranmere game, Steve, that I asked you, Danny and Andy, if you'd keep Kewell on. And you all said, yeah, that was after the two all against uh, Tranmere. And then after the Barrow game, I put a poll out on Twitter and 70% said that they wouldn't keep it. Um, <clears throat> but over the last four games or so, it's, it's it, it has gotten a lot worse you could say that there's a lot of injuries and stuff, but the performances have got worse. He's, he's not showing any real... You said then, Adam, about attacking football. There wasn't really any inta- attacking intent in the last four games. Um, no, absolutely not. You know, and it's, it, it has gone badly. Can I just go around you all and just ask what your initial, like, what your initial gut reaction was when you saw the news? Steve, what did you think? I think I'd probably like to say I was surprised, but... Can you be surprised anymore? I don't. I don't really know, to be honest. I think I just. I think it was just that probably a bit of an eye roll and of just like a ah, oh, here we go again sort of thing. You know, I was. I was shocked. I think at, you know, I know results haven't been great, and I know there's sort of there was sort of mounting unrest amongst the fan base, but I certainly didn't. I, I'm still not sure. I thought that they'd get rid of him, if I'm honest. Yeah. What about you, Will? Again, yeah. For me, I think it's a bit more of a timing thing. Yeah, okay, nil-nil against second bottom on the table. It's not great. But, um, yeah, I wasn't expecting it to happen so quickly after that. But for me, it's just like, yeah, more of the same. These days, it's when rather than if someone's going to get sacked. You could kind of feel it coming. You can you can sense it in what Kuehl's been saying recently in the press and in interviews and things. Yeah, I agree. It's, it sounded like a man who was worried about his job trying to justify things and trying to say that a few weeks ago he was talking about promotions at the playoffs and now he's talking about needing time and that him and Mo kind of realised that and they were happy to give him the time. But obviously yeah. they weren't. <laughs> no, 
<laughs> this is sort of what happened to Dino, though, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, before he went, you know, he was sort of like he was coming out and speaking to fans on social media, and he was he was coming out and putting you know videos on of when we beat Newport and um, when we beat Bradford and stuff, and and it was all about the plays he was trying to attract to the club, and it was almost like you know the ties had been cut by the club at that point, you know, and they were sort of act, they were sort of acting. Well, behind his back, really, weren't they? Let's 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 be honest. You know, they must have been talking to other people when Dino was doing that. And you wonder whether it's the same with with Harry, whether they've known that this was going to happen. You know, they knew what they were going to do. And you know, it, I think whichever way you look at it, it, it's either something that they've been plotting behind his back, which which then smacks in the face of the fact that when he got brought in, it was all about how they'd been after him for a couple of years, and he was their man, and this, that, and the other. And if it's not that, and it's a knee jerk reaction, then that doesn't really make it any better, does it? If, if they've made that knee-jerk reaction at this stage of the season after a nil-nil at home against South End, which, you know, it's not great, but whichever way you look at it as a strategic decision, it doesn't really reflect well on the owners yet again, does it? The problem is, is that they bring these people in and then they sack them. So who's responsible for bringing in managers that, that aren't cutting the mustard? And why are all the managers that come in struggling with the players that are provided... Now, the problem with Harry Kewell is I couldn't tell you where, where the truth starts and the lies end. He, the, the stuff he's been coming out with, he's chopped and he's changed. He's got the perfect relationship. Two weeks ago, he had three weeks ago, he had the per- perfect relationship with the owners. You know what I mean? He's responsible for signing players. Danny Raw going was his decision. David Wheaton not playing in the team was his decision. We weren't getting the truth out of him. That's why so many of us didn't warm to him. With all due respect to him, he was full of shit most of the time and he was saying whatever he thought the owners wanted him to say and not what he thought. And at the end of the day, it's done him absolutely no good because they've chopped him. So he would have been better off showing a bit of dignity, sticking to his guns and and, and, and telling the truth because he would have come out of it with a lot more respect. You know, Harry Kewell think- has been and gone. It doesn't, make, it doesn't make any difference, does it? It's whatever. It's like you said before, Adam, the issue is more an Abdallah. Yeah. There needs to be some accountability for the players that are brought in, how can you go through nine managers in the space of three years? Yeah, it's three a season. And say and continue to blame the managers. Absolutely ridiculous. You can. The the thing is as well, like when we've been talking about, like, you know, when we had the the chat about Kewell the other week after the Tranmere game and we're saying, would you keep him? We said, for stability, you would keep him. You know, let's not sit here and turn Harry Kewell into... Pep Guardiola, just as a result of him being sacked, you know, no. we all, we, you know, we, we can't sit here and say that he had a great relationship with the fans and, and we'd all really bought into him and we'd bought into what he was trying to do. We know that there was, we scored a lot of goals and we know that there was frailties there in terms of the way that we set up. The biggest thing that, that you'd say for keeping him on would be that he was willing to work under the circumstances and if and if that's the biggest thing you can say about a manager being in charge of a football club, it's not great, is it? No. But you you got, you got to look at him there though, Steve. And well, let's be honest, with his CV, what jobs is he going to get? Yeah. So you know that job, if he did well, it looks good on him. If he leaves and doesn't do well, we've got this reputation. I've seen a couple of journalists use it tonight already. Of the well, it's just older. Yeah, mm. it was always going to happen. We, should, we, sh- yeah. we shouldn't have that. We've recorded the podcast already today, <laughs> you know, and we've, we've we've gone into this. And obviously, I don't want to repeat myself too much, but yeah, I can't remember what I was going to say. That I distracted myself then because uh, um, <laughs> my mind's going, my mind's going ten doesn't. But yeah, but the, 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 fundamentally, the issue is not Harry Kewell. The issue is the fact that. We are where we are again. Harry Kills just now, he's been and gone his history already. I don't think anybody would have actually appointed him fan-wise, given the chance. I think we've had the men in charge that, that, that could have taken us forward already. And every time that we bring somebody in, it's, for me, it's a lesser calibre candidate. Now, I think it was Dean Marms who tweeted about Paul Butler being around the club a week or so ago, probably. Mm. Is he going to be the next manager of the club, do you think? Out to, he's not a manager. 
<laughs> what difference does that yeah. make? <laughs> if, 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 <laughs> more than that sporting director. I mean, it's just, it's a, it seems like a coincidence. He's a coach, isn't he, at the end of the day. He's been at the club before, you know. I mean, and, and this comes back to the question of who is going to take the job? Oldham Athletic is a great job if you are the manager. The manager of Oldham Athletic, you sign off on all the players you're responsible for, the playing side of things. Fantastic job. Anyone in football would, for, at a certain level, would snap your hand off for that job. But who's going to take it as more Lemsigum, the underqualified, perennially underachieving, more Lemsigum's understudy? Who's going to Loads take that will. job? Loads will. Yeah, but, because it's a football league just, job. but of what calibre, Will? That's the problem, I know. isn't it? it, it yeah. yeah, it's people that are willing to work under those circumstances. Like Steve said, Kuehl was willing to work under the circumstances, and that's pretty much what's got him sacked. He's been hamstrung by pretty much Mo and, and Abdallah. But damned he's if he does, had, damned if he doesn't, Will. He's had doesn't Danny he? Rose sold under him, and I know he said he sanctioned the move, but there's no way you know, you're happy about that. So you've had Danny Rose sold from, sold from under you. You're not allowed to play one of your best defenders that's going to help you clean sheets and keep move you up the league. Those kind of decisions by the club are things that are affecting a manager. And then so anyone yeah. else coming in has got to deal with those sort of circumstances. Does it not go back to the fact, though, to what I'd said before in relation to, surely this is a, a free pass for any manager now, just to give it a go? Because how your reputation is not going to get tarnished. But how are they going to succeed? Because of how many people? Because they're It's not, a pay packet. Not much of a pay packet, I don't think. It's, you're just, you're going to I know what you mean, Adam. I know what you mean. People, aren't you? You know, you're going to attract mercenaries who just think, you know what? I'll give it six months. If it doesn't work, it does. It's not. It's we're probably not even a, a, a blot on anyone's copybook anymore, are we? You know what I mean? Like, if somebody doesn't succeed in this job, then they can probably go on and get another job just on the basis that, well, you know what? Yeah, but it, it never works out for people when they go to Oldham. I think, I think you know, you look at you take a step back from this. You look at the bigger, wider issue here is that yet again the fans are just like the the, the managerial position at this football club. I mean, you know, I I, I started supporting the club. But yeah, I sound like one of them. But I started started supporting the club when I it, in like nineteen ninety, and probably yeah, back well, in the until day. Uh, back in the day, <laughs> cheat, cheated on plastic, um, and and like you know, for the first however many years I was supporting the club, we had you know we had we had one two managers, you know, even even going further than that, you know, there wasn't a revolving door, and like I always remember like getting a new manager was always like. You had that feeling of, yeah, yeah. You were like, you know, like what what sort of style of football are they going to bring? And it was like a fresh start. It was a new era because every formation was different. Yeah, yeah. They they, they play a one-two in the first game, and you think, oh, oi, oi. (laughs) 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 This guy, this guy knows what he's doing. Yeah, Um, but every formation since Mo's come in, we always seem to have that one up top, don't we? Uh, It's that same sort of formation that we think. Nothing's changing here. We just never give anything any time. Like we just kind of like it just feels as though they, they, they're trying to stumble across some sort of winning formula. They don't see. They don't have a fucking clue what they're doing, mate. Let's be absolutely brutally honest. You don't have to say it's pushed the boundary. I can say whatever the fuck I like. They do not know what they are doing, right? I put a poll out on Twitter, and this is what I said in the earlier podcast earlier on, right? Is it's got some quite funny responses here. But is Mo equally responsible for the poor performances this season? So far, it's at 192 votes, and 95% of people said yes. And some other people quite rightly pointed out that I shouldn't have said equally responsible. They would be pointing out that I should have said more responsible because ultimately they've set Harry Kuehl up to fail, like they've set every single manager up to fail so far. I, I, look, I said this earlier on, probably repeating myself, depends how much I get to edit out of this because obviously I wasn't expecting to be recorded in another part of the podcast. But I forgot what I was going to say again. I'm, too, I'm all what I'm You've all, been drinking. I'm all worked up. I've only had one, one kind of beer, but I'm too excited by everything. Look, what I was, yeah, was going to say was I don't have any prejudice against anybody. I don't care who comes in to manage and, 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 and run all the athletic as long as their hearts are in the right place and they try in their best and they are adaptable and learn from the mistakes and listen and, and are just good human beings. That's all I care about. And that they know they know what they're doing. And if they don't know what they're doing, they bring in people who do know what they're doing. They do not keep smashing their own faces against the brick wall of the uh, George Hill stand 
and uh, until they're completely deformed and, and, and can't speak properly. Uh, because that's the footballing equivalent of what's happening at Latics at the minute. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm sick of mincing my words now. What, whoever, unless we bring in a new football, a proper football manager and give him the job properly, we're going, this is going to be... We you could can't do that with, with most of in exactly, his role. Exactly. So it wouldn't surprise me if we bring in another coach and he gets sacked by the end of the season. That wouldn't surprise me at all. We bring somebody else in, the, you know, performances don't improve, and then they change it again in the summer. Do you know what I mean? Like nothing. It wouldn't surprise, surprise to bring or pay someone a decent whack to come in as like a, a last resort because I, I, I generally don't know how much longer fans are going to keep up with this. Um, I mean, obviously they've reduced season tickets, which you know, people were jumping on board with. Now this has happened again. It just shows the, the lack of stability within the club. And, you know... That's what, that's what we said to Carl, wasn't it? When we when we had the conversation with Carl the other month, we said, if you know, it, it all seemed to have gone a bit quiet. And all, albeit this, this was before... It's probably before the Harrogate game when Mo got back and then we went on a bit of a bit of a dodgy run. But we sort of said, if, if the club can go a few months or 12 months without any rumours of like, Unpaid wages, or being in the Gazette, or you know, players just any controversy. Yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah, players being frozen out, and it all sort of gone. It went a little bit quiet, and was was you know, as a group, we we de- we definitely didn't take our eye off the ball, and we were still asking the relevant questions. You know, it just shows you how close you can always be to just all this blowing up in your face again. And that stability just being completely thrown out the window, and you want you want you want to believe that that the owners have turned they've turned over a new leaf. They finally get it now. They've learned from their mistakes. But it's just we're here yet again, aren't we? We're here yet again when we're just going to have to get a new guy in charge. Someone's going to come in. They're going to come out with the same old stuff when they take over. It's a great club. We used to be in the Premier League, sleeping we'll giant, great great fan base. Yeah, I've got control. You know, I know the rumours about what's going on and blah, blah, blah. The owner's been nothing but good to me since I came in. And we're just going to go jump through all those hoops yet again. Like Adam says, are we going to be here at the end of the season again, like looking for another man? You know, it's, it, this is more This is more than just about the sacking of Harry Kewell, isn't it? Let's it be is. honest. Of course it is. And, and I've, been waiting for, I've been waiting for this just to have a go at more, to be honest with you. Like, you know, and I've given more credit this season for bringing in certain players, you know what I mean? And I will I will give credit if it's if it's due, if it's appropriate. But we, we're going nowhere under this current setup. We're, we're, we're getting worse. We're not getting better. We're getting worse every single season. Even, even if we've got a good attacking players, goal scorers, we're still getting worse because we've still conceded more goals than we've scored. We're still 16th in the league. <clears throat> we're not progressing at all. And like you said before, somebody said there is no plan. There is no organised vision, structure. And I've spoken to people who are currently working in the club and they've told me that there isn't a vision. There isn't a, a cohesive vision that ties everything together in the football club. And it's obvious. We're not saying anything that's not obvious. It's it's bleeding obvious. Well, I mean, you're, trying to get, you're I'm looking, trying to get anything out of them is like getting blood out of the storm. You know, it takes Carl Evans, all his charm and personality to get Abdallah to come on and do an interview with Mikey. We don't hear a peep out of more. Like, do you know what I mean? You. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, there's no... And Carl does his best, but he can't be speaking for them all the time. That's not... You know, you look at the good owners, look at the, the good chairman out there, look at people like Andy Alter, uh, Accrington Stanley, who communicate with the fan base, reassure the fan base, encourage, yeah. more, do all the things that leaders need to do. And regardless of what he, he's taken that position, Abdallah's taken a position, the leader of Oldham Athletic, and that means that us lot are following him or supposed to be following him. He needs to start acting like a leader and he needs to start making big decisions that are going to have a positive effect on this football club. And the first one he needs to do is to tell his brother that he's done his best, thank him for his efforts and bin him off. And he needs to do that tomorrow before he brings in a new football manager. I, yeah. I think that one of the, the biggest points now is if any head coach, manager, whatever comes in and says, I've got complete control, you would expect 
Weeter to be in and around the first team again, wouldn't you? Let's be honest. That's a very because good point, yeah. there is no way anybody coming in would not have him even in the squad. If people don't think he's great, fair enough. But let's be honest, with what we turned out on Saturday, he should be starting. Nothing surer. So if someone new comes in, and you know what? I really hope we do go out and get a, a decent name. But unless we change that philosophy and he is given free reign, because that's the only way you're going to see it. That's the evidence that fans want. If Weeter isn't involved or other names that have been frozen out, obviously Woods on loan at the minute, so we can't be included in that. But those sort of players aren't back involved. Then you know he hasn't got control. And if that person who does come in starts to sign, as and when he gets the opportunity, starts to sign the right type of players for this division. Absolutely. And for what we want to achieve. And not be just getting random, you know, people just turning up at Boundary Park that, that are just not what the club, what the squad needs. Like we had in January, bringing in players that that we don't need. Another loan player, another winger. We don't need him. We need a centre-half. We need somebody else, somebody else in midfield. We need a new fullback. And, and it's this level of, of control that we need to see in principle, in action. It was like, I mean, it's like Nicky Adams are playing left-back. It's like, we just play him in every single position that isn't his position. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like it, it screaming out for him to just, you know, especially with, you know, with like Hilsner out and stuff, like just shove him in centre mid. What's the, what's the worst that can happen? You know, this is a guy who knows League Two. He knows he's got, you know, he's got the, the most assists in League Two over the last couple of years. Just give him a go. Yeah. I'd played him in centre mid, definitely. But look, I mean, Harry Vaughan, young attacking midfield player. Um, why didn't he come on yesterday? Mm. I don't get it. But look, <laughs> we are where we are. We're here again. No <laughs> surprise, like you said, Steve. It's not a shock. It's just more of a, fuck's sake. Yeah. The inevitable has happened. And then it's like, what's the, what's the response going to be? More of the same. And now we're already waiting for the next guy to come in and be sacked. <laughs> How do you get behind that? And how, as a manager or a coach, do you prepare yourself and invest and, and take it seriously? When in the back of your head, you're thinking, I'm not going to last two minutes here. Yeah. Well, it's, it's that thing, isn't it? Like, you know, the, the club, as I've said before, like the club came out with, the, with a decent season ticket offer. And I'm not saying that everyone would have renewed because obviously people have got the feelings about the regime. And speaking personally, for me, it was never about the cost. You know, they could do a season ticket for a couple of quid. You know, he or over five hundred quid. It doesn't matter. It's not. It's about how it's about how it makes you feel. And whilst I think that would get people on board, and I think people are like, you know, like that's a really good offer. You know, here we are, a couple of weeks down the line, and you've got people saying we've got um, we've got rid of the manager. You know, how how are the fan base going to feel? The fan base is just going to be completely and utterly despondent. It's just like another knife in the heart for for a, a long suffering fan base that there's just no signs of it getting any better. You know, if they get someone else in, you know, whenever that may be. Like, is, is that with the intention of trying to push us into the playoffs, like a, a late push? Well, what, you know, I, what about the statement, Steve, as well? He said, we're sat Terry Kewell and we're not going to say anything else until the next person comes in. Well, we've got a game on Tuesday against Port Vale, so someone's yeah. going to have to be in charge of that. So from what I read into that was they've got someone lined up and ready to go. That's how and it works previously. And it's going to be announced this, yeah. to, and it'll be announced tomorrow. They sack someone morning. and they've got someone lined up already. Yeah, so I suspect it's it's already sorted. Definitely won't you surprise you. You know, if they brought in a decent, experienced manager or head coach, whatever you want to call him, he was left to his own, de- genuinely left to his own devices where he could pick who he wants and we binned off this ridiculous sporting director role, which no doubt will we're paying a decent wage for. Is it a ridiculous sporting director role or a ridiculous sporting director? Well, I think, is it necessary in League Two? No. Exactly. No. It's just a pointless role. Yeah, it's you a know, vanity project. We, we, I've said this before. We, we've, just... we've not got a permanent goalkeeper coach, but we've got a director of football. Well, we, we did have, yeah. we, had a, we, had a, we had a really good goalkeeping coach and assistant manager under the first, well, second management team in, in Andy Rhodes when he got binned off. Uh, <clears throat> You know, we've had we've had good people in the club. They've they've appointed the right people at the time. Frankie Bond and Andy Rhodes was was a, probably a good appointment. Richie Wellens was a good appointment, but unfortunately, they can't stop themselves, can they? For whatever it is, they just can't stop themselves. They've obviously got no patience, 
And if they've got no patience for anybody, why should we have any patience for them? My patience yeah. has, has run out with them now. I'm sick to death of this, this nonsense. The only way that they're going to win me over is if they bring the next person in and it starts to, it's going to have to work. It's going to have to work. They've, they, that's the only way. It's got to work. The thing is, whilst, whilst Mo's there in that role, and he, and he is officially in that sporting director role, whoever the manager is, you're always going to question, aren't you, whether he's, whether he's, who's got control. Whilst he's in that job, you're never going to say, oh, yeah, well, you know, whoever comes in, whether it be Harry or, you know, in the past, you know, Dino, like, it, there's always going to be that. You see it after a game on Twitter, don't you? We win a game and it's like, oh, yeah, you know, good good team selection from Mo. It, they need to remove him from that role. You know, he's 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 got a, a, almost a, a security of tenure, hasn't he? You know, he's, he's, his owner, his owner uh, sorry, his brother is the owner of the football club. <laughs> his owner. You know, but he's never, he's, 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 uh, he's uh, well, not might be too far from the truth. Um, but it's just never going to, it's never going to work. Whilst you know it, it's, we've tried it, we've tried it for the last couple of years, and it and it's got us absolutely nowhere. Let me say this then: Abdallah comes out and says that Mo is no longer going to be sporting director, but he's going to stay on as a director of the club. Do you see anything be, <laughs> being any different? I knew that was going to be you. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> At least you would see. You know, you, you've got to give everything on face value, and. That you know, when we spoke to Carl, they're talking about more openness and transparency, and they want that. So, if they say that he's no longer sporting director, we shouldn't keep seeing these signings from the third and fourth French division. Yeah, it'd be it different. should be. It should yeah. be. It should be a lot more structured with people of experience who have been in League Two, who have got teams out of League Two, to come in and and do a job. And I think. That's the only way you're going to see progression. If he if he says he's no longer in the role, then surely every single signing, like whenever we've had a manager before, before Abdallah, you've always seen a sort of style with their players that they've brought in. Yeah, and they do, they I think to do it differently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, so you'd, you'd you'd naturally see a change, and that's again, you know, that's another way that you would see it. But would there's got don't. to be. Well, th- that's the point. You know, how long do you give it again before you know it's the same result, or whether you do see change? Because we keep saying we need this change, but this change doesn't seem to be happening. Well, I can't, it was it was said the other the other day. Now was it one of the statements or something said that he's a is a winner. The owner's a winner. Yeah, that you know, was you, Harry. You hate, was that Harry? Yeah, he's you know he's yeah. a winner, and this you know, and it's like. Well, I'm not, not seeing I've not seen a massive amount of winning since he's been in charge of the football club. You know what he's been here for three years and you know, if you look at it as a as a as a business venture for him, you know, how how much success has he had in in this particular role? What you know, what visible signs of progress have we made in those three years? Well none, we've gone down and we've we've sort of nestled ourselves nicely into mid table in League Two, you know, without really threatening yes, it's got a bit more entertaining this season, but it's masked over the, the the terrible, terrible home form that we've had, you know, with some of the entertaining goals that we've scored and some of the and some of the decent away results. But in the main, there has been no progress from last year. We're still going to end up with a with a paper thin squad at the end of it, aren't we? By by all accounts, you know, yeah. I think Harry's comments over the last couple of weeks were very much setting fans up for the fact that you know key players are going to be leaving. Yeah, look, guaranteed, no McElhaney, no Bahambula next season, no chance. Once all the loan players are gone and all the all the fringe squad players who whose contracts are, are done, there's going to be next to nobody left at the club. And we're going to have a new coach in again because, you know, it might be whoever it is he's going to take over for the last. How many games have we got left? 15, is it? Something like that. It's, uh, 14, I think. Right, 14. so he's got 14. You know, he's a decent amount of games, to be fair. But he's still going to be new, and we're basically starting off. The only thing is, is I'm, I am glad that they got rid of him now rather than wait until the end of the season. If they were going to do it, they needed to do it, and and bring somebody in and give them the opportunity to play with, see who's here, and see if they can maybe have some kind of an influence on keeping maybe McElhaney and 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 Bahambula. That's the only possible benefit, I, I guess. If they weren't going to offer him a new contract, because if they were going to give sign him up, they needed to sign him up. 
before the end of the season as well for that same reason so that the players could buy into it mm. and say yeah this is what's happening so it's not I don't have an issue necessarily with the timing of of the sacking it's just the inevitability of it and the fact that they've brought somebody in who again hasn't been good enough and hasn't been able to work with <clears throat> the players that Moore's provided who also aren't good enough yeah I mean, that, I guess that's the other thing, you know, like when you look at any any new manager coming in, do, do you look at that squad and think that it is capable of making a charge, you know, for the for the playoffs, you know, it, or, or, or are we just going to be, is it just going to be a case of there might be a little bit of a new manager bounce there, but it won't be enough to get us up. So, you know, are we just inevitably, are we just going to end get to the end of the season and we're just, we're going to have to start from scratch again? It in will be interesting, like you, like you say, Steve, be interesting to see what what happens with the new coach. How much has it been Kuehl's coaching and tactics and what he does with exactly the same amount of players? With that, well, with exactly the same players. So that will be interesting. Who will people want? Ideally, we're in League Two. Who do we think would come in and do the job as a manager or as a head coach under more? Because <laughs> they're two different things, aren't they? Either or. Well, we're not going well, to get a manager, it's, are we? Independent. It's, it's going to it's going to stay the same process at the minute isn't it unless they come out and announce a massive change so yeah. who would you go for personally I'd, I'd take someone like like Gannon Jim Gannon or some someone along those lines is disciplinarian you know he'd install a feel around the club from top to bottom he drills players you know I think you'd be well organised but you just come back to that same issue don't you in that can it can he work under those circumstances you know he's a forthright bloke he says what he thinks. Says it and, as it is. Yeah, yeah and, and would and would that would that go against what the owners are, are looking for? Well, I think the fans would love it, but he probably wouldn't. It wouldn't last long in the role. But then again, you, you know, it's just it's yeah, it's yeah, another square peg in a round hole, isn't it? So we're going to, this is this conversation just comes back to more Lemsgen, more Lemsgen, more Lemsgen. That's what it's always going to come back to. And what do we do? What what can we do? I just think now we just need to start being a, a lot more vocal about our displeasure with him in this role until he either adapts his behaviour and what he's doing to make him better, a better performer at his role and to start getting some success or until he gets either sacked or he resigns from that position. Because he has to now be the target. Nine managers, like you said, in three years, and one common denominator. You're not fooling anyone. Nobody is fooled by this. And, and and Abdallah, you are ultimately responsible for more. So this conversation goes nowhere but there. That's where the book ends. Simple as that. And the board, the rest of the board at Oldham Athletic need to address themselves in the mirror and say, what's the point of me having this role if I'm not going to challenge in the boardroom, say, look, this is not working for Oldham Athletic and it needs to be revised. They're not, they're not doing their job either. So this basically all lies at the door of the owner, his brother and the board, and they need to sort it out between them because there's nobody else can do it. We can all rant and rave and criticise and mourn and we, we have absolutely no influence whatsoever. Well, unless we start ranting, raving and, and doing more and, and keeping away from, and, and, and take things to the next level, which we might have to do, whatever that is. But there's nobody else that can take responsibility for it other than the board. I think, yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. I, I do think it's the responsibility of the fans as well. And, you know, and, and, and obviously speak for us in, in that as well to say we need to start holding the club to account over this, over these decisions that are continually being made that seem to be not in the best interests of the club and the fan base. That's not to say that, you know, sacking Kill was a wrong decision, but it's just it's just yet another example of the fact that it's such a short-term plan and people need to start making long-term decisions for this football club. So as fans, I think I think we need to stand up and we need to start Sort of taking that fight to the club, I guess, and, and getting them to to explain their decisions and why why these things continue to keep happening with no visible signs of progress. Yeah, you're right in relation to that because the board are there technically to sound out any concerns that the fans have because that's where the money's coming from. 
That's what's earning the cash to keep the club going. So if you're not keeping your customer happy, because which is exactly what we are, we're a customer. Obviously, yeah. it's our club, but we're still a customer paying into go and watch games, I follow, whatever. Customers and investors, because without our money, the club is exactly. in huge trouble. Not being funny, the directors should be doing everything they can now yeah. to say, we need to fix this. Yeah, and they're failing. This is literally last chance saloon. Yeah, what they're failing us. They're failing us. And this is where they, trust talk, trust Oldham needs to be going. And, and they have a represent, you know, they have a rep on the board. They need to grow a pair of bollocks and start putting this directly. I've got no, I would say this to Abdallah's face. I would say this to Mo's face. I would say this to the entire board. I look them all in the eye, right? Whether I'm the host of this podcast, whether I'm just a fan, whether I'm the trust rep on the board, I don't give a shit. I would say what needs to be said to those people. And the more people who say the things that need to be said, the, the less wiggle room the people who are accountable have to get out of it. And this is what's this is where we are now. The board needs to man up and address what the actual issues are. The trust are fortunate enough to have that seat on the board where they can sit in front of you know other board members, the owner, and challenge in a healthy way what is going on at the club. I think that is that you know without putting words in their mouth, I do think it's their responsibility to to question this. And I, and I would and I would like to think that they're in no different position than we are this evening, where you, we're just trying to sort of trying to come to terms with the fact that we're just going we're just going on this merry-go-round yet again. Well, they haven't you know, responded. I, I, they haven't like responded. They, as, they haven't responded yet in any way on 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 Twitter anyway at least <laughs> where I go for all news <laughs> but um they've not responded on Twitter presume that they'll put something out tomorrow um on the issue but again it's just response it's just it's just a response to something that's happened this isn't this what we're talking about is about being proactive to ensure that these things don't keep happening yeah that's that's what's most important but it's it's got to be a case now where trust Oldham are in a position now where they've got to gain some of that respect back from the fans. And the only way of doing that is having fans' opinions at the forefront of what they do. Is by having the courage, those, Adam. Exactly. I'm just about to yeah. say, ask those difficult questions. Yeah, exactly. But will they? This is their time. Oh. This is their time to, to show us what they're made of. Because, yeah. you know, we can come on here and we can say what we want. We, we we've all made our we've all made our thoughts perfectly clear on this, and we know that we speak for a large percentage of the fan base when we do, because we engage with large percent. We, we you know we engage with them, don't we? On social media, we talk to people, we, we we pay attention, we know what's going on, and you know we're not part of a closed little Facebook group that lives on planet bleeding la la land. We're, we're, Who's that? <laughs> it's the realistic Oldham fans I've invited, them right. the, I've invited them on the podcast But they won't come on, they won't respond to me That's a surprise I know, exactly um, But yeah, look, this is time to face the issues It's time for for the board For Abdallah, for Mo To acknowledge the fact that they are the ones That are jeopardising Our success on the pitch And that they are the only ones that can do anything about it And that they need to Sort themselves out and you know, even do a, even do a get, do a statement. Get on, do a press conference. Sit at the, you know what I mean. I'll do it on Zoom. Talk to the fans as the board. Communicate with us. Look us in the eye. Stop being shit houses and hiding and not saying anything. It's pathetic. I'm sick of it now. And that, that's the thing with like, you know, if you're on the board as well. I mean, and you know, and I know to a certain extent you've got to you've got to toe the line when you're on the board and, and you know, but believe in you know, as we were told once to believe in the process, but I'm not having that they can, they can sit around a, a, a boardroom table with each other, look at each other in the eye and say, I, I completely buy into this hiring and firing of managers. Yeah. You know, like it, it wouldn't happen at any other organization where you'd be fully behind this sort of repeat behavior with no, um, there's no, with no sign of progress. And even if they, so they are, I think they have they a big are, role to play in this. If they are behind it, Steve, then why don't they come out as a board and say, we are behind this, we believe in this, and tell us why they believe that. But why they, they need to start coming out and communicating with us. The owner won't do it. More won't do it. 
The board doesn't do it. You get the odd little tidbit from Barry talking about Project Big Picture or some other whatever that's not really relevant. Carl comes on and does his best. But the board, the, where is this collective vision, this collective organisation, this collective leadership that's supposed to be taking this club forward? It's not there. They are all accountable. They are all failing. And we have had enough. I speak for the people who agree with me and nobody else. But I've had enough, and I'm sure lots of other people have had enough of this now. This nonsense needs to end. And this has to be the last time that we flip a, a coach who doesn't finish the season. It's insane. There's got to be a drastic change in the structure. Until yes. that happens, nothing is going to change. At the end of the day, you bring in now an experienced head coach who knows the league, has got promoted out of this league. Leave him to it. For God's sake, give the bloke a chance. We need someone to have complete control. Be left alone to bring in who he wants, when he wants. And the owners just put the money in and get on with it. Mm -hmm. Of course, they can have a discussion with the person about who they're bringing in because it's their money. Yeah, we're at a, we're at a we're, you know we're we're always at a critical moment in all we're old but we're at a critical time now. This is three seasons now. They took us out of the for they took us out of League One within about ten minutes of being in charge, and they've kept us in League Two. We've not had a top ten finish. We've had nine managers in that time. It's ridiculous. They are the only thing that's happening slowly, slowly is the death and demise of this football club under these under these owners. And they need to either drastically, radically alter how they work and how they do their business and have a massive change in their conscience and the way that they communicate with fans and the way that they, the respect that they give fans and that they give coaches. Because yep. they're only, they're only dis, they're, they're disrespecting people like Harry Kuehl and the people that are coming in by put, making them work under such circumstances and then, and then making them a scapegoat. That's highly disrespectful. It's, de it's deceitful by pretending that it's got nothing to do with more. They need to change drastically or they need to leave and let somebody else do it who knows what they're doing. Sometimes uh -huh. you have to just accept that you've failed and that you've lost a load of money. And for the good of everybody else, you need to just pack up and enjoy life in Dubai. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think just because they're, you know, just because they're putting money in, you know, to, to keep the club going as, as it's been sort of widely reported and, you know, as they've told us many times, doesn't doesn't give them the right to to run the club and, and its reputation into the ground in the time that they're here. You only have to look on social media tonight to see the comments from papers, journalists, all over League Two and League One, over how it is at Oldham. Just another day at Latics with one of the headlines from, I think it was... Is it Southend's paper? For, for Southend to be saying that about us, mm. it's just pathetic. You don't want it. You want to go, you want to enjoy games. You want to feel that passion about going watching the side. But at the moment, everyone's just pissed off with it. Who who does who do fans buy into? Who do they get behind? Who are they passionate about? Do you get behind the players, right? The heroes, you get behind your Bahambulas and your Macalanis and Historically, you know, your airses and, and we've had loads of players that people have, that players have loved. You get behind Shez, you get behind Joe Royal, you get behind the football people in the club. You don't get behind the owner. We don't give a shit about the owner. We don't give a shit about, they, they're just, all we want them to do is make sure the money's available, make sure the bills are paid, make sure that the management team and the players are well looked after, that they're given the right kind of contracts, that they're treated the right way, that the facilities are right. That's what we want them to do. And they do all that in the background. Right, we and shouldn't have to bother about off-field. Exactly, we the, should not have to bother about it. And if and if, if if they take us up to get promotion and do this, that, and the other, they can come out on the pitch and we'll all give them a clap and we'll all say thank you that we really appreciate all the brilliant work that they've done. But we don't get in, we don't get behind those people. We get behind the football people. We don't have time to get behind the football people at all because they're in and they're out, and they don't get the opportunity to do their job properly. So this shit show is all about them all the time but not in the right way in the wrong way and <laughs> we don't want to be talking about you Abdallah we don't want to be talking about you more we don't care we want to be talking about the football people and we want to be enjoying the football and we want to be getting behind that but if you keep doing this wrong we're going to have to keep talking about you enough 
Mm. Right. Has anyone Absolutely. else got a, has anyone else got a final rant? That was my final rant because uh it's I've got to edit basically two podcasts into one now, so I need to go. But has anyone else got anything else that they want to rant and get off the chest before we wrap it up? I'm done. I think I'm done in I think I'm done in so many ways, but I'm I think <laughs> I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll see what happens next. Boundary Park Alert System is a Studio 6 production. It's hosted, edited and mixed by me, Matt Dean, and you can contact me on Twitter at Dublin OAFC. If you'd like to get in touch with us or contribute to the show, our email is bpalertsystem at gmail.com and we're on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at OAFC Podcast. If you'd like to know more about Push the Boundary, you can visit pushtheboundary.co.uk and follow them on Twitter at ptb underscore OAFC. The title music for the show is Delirio by Manchester DJ and producer Starion. You can visit redlaserrecords.bandcamp.com for more info and the latest releases. If you like the show, please do review and subscribe on whichever platform you listen. Thanks for listening.